This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Jazzed About Work, where we talk about everything that might have an impact on your career. I'm your host, Bev Jones, and today we'll be talking about how recent college grads can find jobs and find ways to offer real value in the workplace. Our guest is Scott Detman. He's the CEO of Avenica, which is a company that's focused on matching college grads with better career opportunities. Scott is a data guy, a social scientist who can use analytics to understand human behavior and the state of human capital. But he's also a people guy, somebody who cares about young people and who himself stepped into leadership at an early age. Today, he'll share lessons from his successful career and offer tips about how you can find meaningful work. Scott, thank you for being here today. There's so much to talk about on the topic of helping recent college grads find jobs and find meaningful jobs if they can. But before we get into that, I'm really intrigued by your career. It it sounds like you started out as sort of a data guy, an analytics guy, and now you're a workforce expert. Can you tell us a bit about your career path and how you got interested in these issues? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Excited to, to chat with you today. Um, you know, it's funny, I've been doing a lot of reflecting recently on uh, how my career started, um, in part because I graduated uh, uh, from college in 2009, which was a, you know, um, different in a lot of ways in, in terms of what uh, the job market, but but also challenging in its own right. <clears throat> uh, I've also, I have a much younger brother-in-law who is uh, who's recently graduated and is is uh, you know, kind of on the front line right now trying to figure out where he's going to go, what he's going to do. And so, just been, you know, doing a, a lot of reflecting on that. And so <clears throat> when I think back to uh, kind of the arc of my career and, and sort of where things have gone, I, um, I I think back to my first job and uh, my first job right out of school. I I graduated and I applied to probably 300, 400 jobs, right? I was just casting a pretty wide net <clears throat> um, and I got one interview. So out of the three or 400 applications, I got one interview and it was for a, a marketing role that I had applied for. Now, mind you, my undergraduate degree is in political science, so it was a little bit of a stretch. But um, I was brought in, and uh, I ended up getting interviewed by the CEO. And um, apparently, he had invited me in not as a real interview, but to tell me that I had no business applying for a marketing job. Um, so yeah, it was <clears throat> it was interesting. But I I then took the opportunity of having the, the ear of the CEO to, to basically make my case. And uh, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I, I uh, apparently effectively made my case. He, he ended up telling me, kind of looked at me for a long while after I stopped talking and I was you know, kind of trying to make sure if I, uh, if I had actually blacked out or if I would just done what I thought I did. Um, and, uh, and he said, you know what, I'm not gonna hire you for this job. I've got a better one for you. Come back and see me tomorrow and you'll get started working. And um, right after that, he put me in charge of a, a new initiative that they wanted to start up a new division. Uh, it was a healthcare technology consulting firm. And so really had a great opportunity. And when I think to, back to that, that really set the tone for the rest of my career and kind of you know, got me off on the right foot. Um, you mentioned the analytics. 
after doing that for a little while, I you know got more and more engrossed in in the idea of data and all that we could do and learn from data. And so I just I was sort of mesmerized by it. And so I went back to school, worked on a, a master's degree, and then into a PhD program uh, focused on on data science. And really my area of focus was on predicting human behavior and looking at trying to predict uh, institutional behavior and human behavior based on large kind of unstructured data sets. And um, so while I was doing that and while I was in my PhD program, I was recruited by Manpower Group. Uh, I'm from Milwaukee. I was living in Milwaukee at the time and uh, was recruited by Manpower Group to come help them start making sense of all the data that they had. They put something like 600,000 people to work every day. And so you can imagine just the kind of cornucopia of data that comes with that. And uh, and so I looked at that as a pretty uh, unique and, and meaningful opportunity. So I went I went that route and, um, you know, the rest is, is history, as, as they say. So, Well, I what I read is that um, you were still pretty young when you were in leadership there. Is that right? I was. I was. Um, I was uh, shortly after joining the organization, I... I uh, had an opportunity to get an audience with some of the executives because of a project I was working on. And um, I won't go into details, but uh, we, we sort of, um, I had an opportunity to shine. And, and I think I, I kind of uh, seized the moment and um, uh, um, made a name for myself in some ways. And uh, and then I was put into kind of an executive leadership program, you know, training program and was accelerated and, and was sort of the the youngest guy in the room in, in many rooms for a while, but um, had you know, tremendous opportunities that were afforded to me there and um, great mentors and, and just an opportunity to, to kind of learn the business inside and out. And so, um, yeah, had, had, had a lot of uh, unique opportunities. Well, it sounds like you began your search floundering, looking at lots of places, like a lot of college students, and then with some um, sort of networking and, and your job search and other people reaching out. You you found your meaningful career and you kept learning and you went ahead by leaps and bounds. And that seems to be that uh, progression from being a floundering recent grad or even a student to finding your niche. That that seems to be what your career is about today with your, your current job. It, it, do I have that right, that that's the kind of thing Avenica is focused on? Absolutely. Um, so, so we uh, we refer to ourselves as an education to work platform, and and re- realistically, what we we exist to reduce the hiring friction for entry level talent. Um, there's never more unknown than when you are uh, trying to hire someone right out of school or trying to be hired right out of school. Uh, you know, you have experiences and you have knowledge and and insight, but you you don't really have a track record. There's not a whole lot to go off on. Um, so uh, really what we do is we work to engage with, with uh, students and candidates as they're you know, finishing up degrees or as they're recently out of school and, and help to provide them some, uh, some understanding of kind of their core drivers. What are they most interested in? Um, what are their kind of natural talents? What does their experience profile really look like? Um, and, and what are their values? And what are they, you know, wh- where does that line up in the world of work? And, and essentially what, you know, and this is the thing I'm, I'm probably most proud of, you know, what we end up doing is we end up giving these candidates uh, hope. We give giving them hope and we give them a plan. They, they have a meaningful uh, next step, right? And, and oftentimes that's connecting them to one of our 300 plus cr- clients across the country that basically 
outsource their talent acquisition function to us uh, to, to identify top talent and, and get it to them. Um, but but uh, it's amazing to see, you know, the English major who thought they had no job prospects um, uh, spend some time with our team, go through our, you know, the steps of our process and, and uh, you know, spend you know, the real quality time with, uh, with, with some of our team and um, walk out feeling like they're three inches taller and feeling like they they know what they're going to go do and they've got a path and they they have um, they have some actions to take to go start their career. It's uh, it's it's meaningful work. It's uh, it's important work and and um, I'm fortunate to get to do it every day. So on the one hand, you're working <laughs> with organizations who are looking to find the talent and hire the talent they really need, and then on the other hand, you're sort of coaching and working with. Um, recent grads who are trying to figure out how to make the transition? Is that the connection you're making? Yeah, that's absolutely right. That's why we, when we think of ourselves as a platform, it's, if you think about a company like, uh, like Amazon, right? Amazon is working and initially was working with, with people that wanted to buy books and people that wanted to sell books, right? And so it was this idea of how do you help the booksellers sell better? And how do you help the book buyers understand the booksellers a little bit better, right? How do you kind of create a marketplace where these two things can speak to each other? Um, and uh, today, because we rely so heavily on some pretty broken tools like the resume and the job description, I could go into a lot more detail there, but uh, but they just don't work very well. And um, so, so we serve as this intermediary that helps kind of uh, translate and communicate and, and helps the other side see the, uh, you know, the, the, the best of, uh, of what uh, each side can offer. Um, not many students come out of uh, come out of school and say, "Hey, I'd really, you know, I think a, a, a career in in uh, you know supply chain or in logistics or in insurance is 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 absolutely my my dream." But what they start to realize is that these are really good organizations that that do meaningful work, that play an important part of the economy, that uh, are, are socially minded, and and that you know are doing good things in the world and. And they find a career fit. And um, what what's really special about that as well is we we end up uh, when we connect people to work, uh, our retention rates are you know two to three times uh, higher than the national average because we we find that meaningful connection. We we sort of serve as this this arbitrage in a sense, and um, uh, and really make it work. Well, that seems to be a pretty important contribution. I I know many uh, recent grads. Last perhaps less than a year in their first job, and that's a kind of a waste of effort for the company or the organization and and the students. It takes a while sometimes to find the match. But what's happening this year? Um, I think, gosh, uh, it's it must be daunting for the class of twenty twenty. Are you working with a lot of students who've graduated without any of the? university support they expected to have yeah it's um it's a challenging environment to say the least i mean uh, a lot of students um you know they they went on spring break and they you know, had in their head they're going to go on spring break get through midterms come back and you know they're going to hit career services up and they're going to start going to some networking events and they're going to figure out their next step right and uh lo and behold they return from from uh spring break and you know realize they can't access campus and career services is not available and all those networking things that they wanted to go to uh, have now been canceled, and um, and to make matters worse, all of the you know this great job market that they were going to be going into uh, has now completely just you know screeched to a halt. 
Um, so it's 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 been a challenging environment for for this group, for, you know, to, to say the least. We have done everything we we can uh, from offering a lot of our services, you know, in a complimentary fashion, and, and, and trying to do as much as we can for that that group. Um, I, I will say though, it's uh, um, one of the things that that I think is is in some ways beneficial. Um, it, maybe not beneficial, but uh, in, it, it, it's a it's sort of a silver lining is that um, a lot of recent grads can, um, because there isn't the same level of pressure to get a job immediately in some senses, right? There's a, there's a little bit more of a social acceptance that like, Hey, it may take you a couple of months. Um, there's, there's sort of safety in numbers as well. Right. So I think there's that, but it's giving some recent grads an opportunity to kind of take a step back and realize, okay, you know, I may have a degree in economics or I may have a degree in business, but what do I really want to do? Do I really know that? Do I really have an understanding of what I value? Because, you know, oftentimes we pick our college major when we're, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old, right? And and there's so much about the world that we haven't haven't experienced yet. And uh, so this is why people change majors and uh, and move around. But you know, at a certain point, you become uh, effectively path dependent, right? And you you get into a certain amount, and then it's just about finishing, right? It's just like I need to get to the end, and then I'll figure it out. And um, that's the story for most uh, most college seniors that we work with, and and. And about half of the students we work with are first-generation college students. So, you know, this isn't a group of people that comes into the, you know, the world of work with this massive network and all these connections that they can go call on. So it, you know, the, the role that we play for them and, and just the, you know, what they're experiencing is, um, is, is pretty important, just trying to help them understand what avenues are out there, what the job market looks like, and how to position themselves for certain types of opportunity. Um, but I will say, that uh, that just even in the most in the last few weeks we have seen a significant uptick in the amount of uh, new job creation and, and job openings. We've seen a, a four to five hundred percent increase um, in the last few weeks. So um, there there are some positive indications that things are happening, and um, your companies are beginning to think differently about remote work and and doing some things differently as well. So um, so some, it, some good it, news there too. Yeah, I, I and I've been hearing that a little bit from. I, I from people I coach in a lot of different industries around the country, it feels like there's some areas where hiring is picking up and there's a new kind of flexibility. If you were talking uh, to a listener who's maybe like your brother-in-law, kind of recently out of school and trying to figure out where to look, do you have <clears throat> suggestions about sectors or skill sets where um, – work is likely? In other words, are there industries that are good to look at or are there some skills that you might want to be concentrating on building up? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the areas I would, I would suggest is, uh, is insurance. Um, that is, uh, that is a, an area that is going to, uh, there are going to a lot, a lot of claims that are to be filed. A lot of organizations kind of reevaluating what their risk profile looks like. Um, so there's going to be a lot of work uh, we're, we're seeing, you know, kind of forecasting a potential boom in that industry. Um, uh, but, but also, you know, looking at uh, there, there's a lot of talk around um, logistics companies and, and uh, you know, freight and, and things like that. And uh, we, we do some work with some of those businesses. However, a lot of the hiring that's happening is on is on like the, the driving and the transportation components, not necessarily in sort of the back office business functions. Um, so there hasn't been a huge increase in in, uh, in hiring there, um, uh, but you know some of the other areas are, are technology and uh, you know telecommunications, 
um, you know, anything that has to do with with how we connect with each other when we're not in the same place. Um, these are all really important, uh, you know, really kind of vital industries, uh, especially right now. But the, the other thing that I would just, you know, that I the advice I give people all the time is don't try to go it alone. Um, if you're if you're kind of sitting in, in you know in solitude and trying to figure this out all on your on your own, don't. Uh, there are resources out there, you know, companies like Avenica and, and others that can help. And um, there's so much that is not, uh, uh, you know, not that visible to, uh, to to just sort of the untrained eye to go look at the job market and find the areas of opportunity. Um, there are companies that are hiring. I mean, when you think about we do a lot of work on, on like the uh, behavioral health and behavioral health advocacy kind of uh, kind of realm. That's a major concern right now. There's a there's a lot of uh, opportunity there for for people that have a um, have variety a variety of different backgrounds, right? So social scientists or um, you know humanities majors that that you know have a high degree of empathy and want to help people and um, you know but maybe don't don't want to get into direct patient access or something like that in you know dealing with blood and needles and things like that. So yeah. um, th- there are definitely you know areas out there, but you know understanding the, your network, understanding the resources that are out there, and trying to to kind of pull from all of those different uh, all those different areas, I think is important. We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. Are you ready to make a difference in the world? The Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University can give you the skills to do just that. The school offers a multidisciplinary approach where public policy, environmental studies, and entrepreneurship come together to educate tomorrow's leaders. Learn more about the Masters in Public Administration or environmental studies by visiting ohio.edu backslash Voinovich School. A theme that we come across on Just About Work all the time, almost every guest mentions it, is the importance of networking, the importance of giving it a try, being willing to take a chance. Um, feels like uh, networking is more difficult, but more important than ever. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, I think it, it, it kind of depends, I, I would say, because I think the way that we typically think about networking is this sort of action where I'm going to an event, right? I'm going to go see the speaker. I'm going to go to this cocktail hour thing and I'm going to walk around and introduce people, introduce myself to people and have conversations. And, um, you know, I think there, there's benefit to those kinds of, uh, environments. Um, obviously those things aren't happening right now. Um, but I also think that, that those, those environments are really kind of narrowly tailored to one type of person, really the, the kind of, extrovert that'll walk up to anybody and introduce themselves and tell them their life story and make an impact, right? Um, and I think the people that need the networking the most are often the people that are not that personality type. So one of the pieces of advice that I give people is to uh, sit down with a piece of paper and, and write out 10 names of, of people that you know that have some sort of career, some sort of profession. They don't have to be people in the same industry, same background, uh, same geography even, but people that are doing some sort of work in, in the economy today and, and reach out to them, uh, you know, send them an email, give them a, a phone call or a text message or send them a LinkedIn message 
and and just tell them that you are you know looking to enter the workforce. You you know kind of explain your situation and and just indicate that you'd, you'd love some perspective and uh, and and be, would love to kind of hear their story and learn a little bit more about what they do. And uh, you're just looking for some some wisdom and some some support and some mentorship. Um, and and I think people would be surprised at how many people are really interested and willing to help and would be happy to have a you know virtual cup of coffee or a virtual drink or, or, or something like that and, and uh, provide some, some insight. I think that's excellent advice. People are very often um, eager to be kind and eager to be helpful. Sometimes they're too busy, but it doesn't hurt to ask. And when I'm working with clients and just about everybody's reluctant to up their networking. But when I'm working with clients that are thinking about the transition, I tell them to start networking where you are. I mean, start with whatever is easiest and, Absolutely. and get comfortable with it. Well, networking and um, thinking about the um, areas where their growth are, are, are uh, good things for all kinds of people, not just the 2020 grads, but there are a lot of young people who are still struggling a year or two after graduating, aren't there? There are a lot of people who are underemployed. Is that the case? Absolutely. One of the uh, a recent study found that, that one of the largest groups of individuals that are uh, unemployed or underemployed are, are recent college graduates. And, um, you know, some of that, that unknown that exists you know, making that transition from school to, to work or, you know, education to to career is, is part of the, the culprit there. Um, and unfortunately what happens is, is uh, if people don't land a job out of school within a, you know, the first, let's say three or four months, uh, th- there's, there's some sort of stigma that's essentially applied and, and, and employers start to look at that individual as if though there's something wrong with them. And, and that's why they haven't been able to get a job. So, um, you know, not landing something pretty quickly after you graduate without some sort of really good explanation for why can can really be challenging long term. And, and so um, we see so many students that are, you know, that are that are a little bit apprehensive to uh, to, you know, dive into the world of work or, or kind of thinking they're going to, you know, they're going to sit back and, and let some things play out and, and you know, enjoy their summer and, and do some of these things like uh, we we often uh, you know strongly caution against that because it's the individuals that that go and take action and and seek employment and and in a lot of ways it's it, you know trying to think beyond that first job and trying to think of it as as getting into an organization or an in, into an industry or into a path that you believe in and and have some uh, you know that are excited about um, understanding that you know your first job out of school isn't always going to be the best job or isn't going to be the job of your dreams but it's it's the the job where you start showing your your sort of core foundational skills of of you know uh, communication of uh, of being trustworthy of of you know being reliable being able to work in groups um, you know being timely with things just all of those kinds of core things that are just just you know fundamental for any job uh, you know th- those are some of the things you really establish in that first role. So it sounds like there there may be. Um three things buried in what you said um, that could be good things to, to be doing if you're in a, if you're underemployed. And one of them is to 
just get used to what it is to have a job and uh, show up on time and do what's expected of you and be a, a good employee and build a record of reliability and those kind of things. Um, uh, but also continuing to learn. So that could be a training or an online certificate program or something so that you can show you weren't just sitting on the beach, you were doing things that were productive. But what about maybe um, also volunteer work or something like that? Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that we look at uh, quite a bit is is any sort of experience where you are working to do something, right? So um, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to come with a paycheck, right? But if you can find areas where you can participate in a you know community organization and maybe do some some uh, some project coordination or some project management or help them. Uh, do some accounting or, you know, help them uh, create some marketing pieces or do some fundraising. I mean, those are all really, really important skills and um, and they translate really well. I mean, one of the things I tell people all the time is, you know, if you, if you care about issues and you care about causes, go go get involved in a campaign of some sort, whether it's a nonprofit campaign or a political campaign. Those kinds of those kinds of areas can be incredible training ground to to really develop sound skills for uh, for the job market. Um, but, but, you know, to your other point about training and, and skills, um, there are a lot of individuals that we encounter that are coming out of school with sort of a basic foundational skill set that, that we, that we look at and we say, okay, you have these skills. And, and so your kind of projected earnings are, are around this level, but did you know that if you had this one extra skill that your projected earnings go up by 50% in your first year, right? And so that may be, you know, a, a software like Tableau, which is, a data visualization tool, and it's actually pretty easy to learn. Um, uh, you know, people can usually pick it up. You know, basic use and being able to kind of interact with it and, and pull some things and make some things uh, in three or four hours, right? So wow. um, th- there's there's so many things like that. Whether it's having some familiarity with like Salesforce or some sort of marketing tool or um, uh, you know a social media platform or you know, any one of those things, if you can establish some degree of confidence in your ability to interact with a tool like that, um, you can really become a lot more marketable. And so, so we offer, we, we refer to that as last mile training, really that, that training that gets you that last mile into the job that you're looking for. And, uh, and that's something we offer free to any of our candidates that, that we work with is, is areas like that to do upskilling and training. But that's, an, that's, that's a, you know, it's a great point. That's, a, that's a, an additional area of focus for sure. I want to uh, flip the conversation a little bit and look at it from the the standpoint of employers. Some, of course, big companies and big organizations have great HR operations or they work with companies like yours or they are uh, tied into LinkedIn or other kind of platforms. But what about smaller organizations, smaller employers who can offer a a nice opportunity um, to a college grad, but they don't have any idea how to go about finding them. I, I'm thinking of a, a client which um, um, is a you know very successful small company wanting to hire somebody to train in their method, and, but they're kind of asking around, you know, any great college grads, but they don't know any other way to find it. How, what would you say to these people? Um, about whether or not it's wise to look at recent college grads and then how to do it? I, well, I would first say, you know, send me an email and let's talk. But um, 
I'm only partially kidding because I think identifying a firm that you can partner with that can help you enhance your your search and help you um, have access to a whole different level of talent. I mean, we have uh, over 120,000 students that that apply to work with us every single year. Um, so we've got just this great volume of candidates coming to us that that are seeking out our services, that want our help, that that want to be positioned uh, within you know top-notch employers. And and a lot of the businesses that we work with are smaller companies. And part of the reason for that is, to your point, they struggle <clears throat> to market themselves as you know in a competitive fashion to the Fortune 500 companies of the world. So, but these are organizations where you can really. Uh, you can move up quickly. You can uh, you can be exposed to a lot of different uh, opportunities. You can have access to the executives in ways that in the Fortune 500 you just you may never get access. Um, so your your ability to really establish yourself and make a name for yourself, kind of be a you know a big fish in a smaller pond, uh, can really be an excellent excellent opportunity. Um, and in a lot of those smaller companies, you know, some sometimes they're startups, right? Sometimes they're privately owned, and sometimes. There's an opportunity to gain some sort of ownership or equity, and and maybe there's an acquisition, and I mean there's there's so many really really good um, uh, elements of working within a small organization. So what we do is is part of our model is we actually hire talent on on behalf of our client uh, our clients, and uh, that way we take on the, the the risk or take on the liability of of employing that that candidate. And we do that to de-risk the opportunity for the client a little bit so that they uh, they have a greater incentive to work with us and, and, and trust that we are going to vet for the skills that they need and, and be able to position the talent in, in a way that's meaningful. Um, and so when we do that, it, it gives those clients an opportunity to to really make sure that they know what they're getting. And, and we have an evaluation period where they can change their mind. They can, you know, switch people out. They can do whatever. But, you know, I think part of what we try to do is de-risk this as much as possible because um, similarly for a smaller organization, they don't have the big, you know, they don't have tons of money to spend on, on big marketing campaigns to to kind of promote their brand. But they also can't, they don't have the luxury of getting it getting it wrong a whole, a whole bunch of times either, right? So they need to get it right more often than, than, they, than they get it wrong. Um, and, you know, at Avenica, one of the things I'm really proud of is, is nine out of 10 times when we, when we connect someone to a career, um, they are then hired on full time into that career role by that employer. Um, so, so we're really good at that. I would say the team is really good at that. Um, and, uh, but, but that's important is, is really looking for a partner that can help you kind of amplify your message. It sounds like what you're doing is, um, meeting a, a big gap in the system that the, our system of getting people through the educational pipeline and then connecting them with the world of work, it, it, it feels like it's not very smooth. Is, <laughs> are there some big gaps generally that even you can't meet or is this <laughs> just inevitable? This, this no, I, I think, you know, uh, you know, we partner with colleges and universities all over the country and I'm, you know, as a, uh, as someone that has spent a lot of time in in school and education, uh, I'm I'm a big big believer in education. Um, but you know, there's a um, I think we we work diligently as a society to try and create a, a more active link between education and work, and it just doesn't always it doesn't always manifest, at least not in the early stages. Um, that you know, the number of times that colleges say things like, "We're not preparing you for your first job; we're preparing you for your fifth job." Um, which is great, 
assuming you can get those first four jobs, right? And yeah. and um, that's you know invariably that's the challenge. Now I think we've taken some some good steps and some some things have uh, some good things have happened, but um, not everyone is going to have a, a degree that is uh, kind of linearly focused into. Uh, a career path. Not everyone is going to study nursing or study engineering or study accounting. Um, and, and frankly, I don't want to live in a world where, where that's the case, right? I think um, we, we need to have students that are, you know, questioning uh, everything around us and, and questioning sort of our moral fabric and, and studying things like philosophy. We need theater majors. We need art majors. We need political science majors and and social social work majors, and, and we, we need all of those things because it's really the connection of the, the sort of you know, liberal arts education, the humanities, and, and an understanding and an appreciation for you know, innovation and technology and business, all of that kind of culminating into one, which, uh, in my opinion, makes some of the best leaders and makes some of the best you know, kind of creators and innovators. And, and I think history would, uh, would, would bear that out as well. So I think um, you know, to answer your question, uh, there are systemic issues in terms of, of how these two things function. Um, but I think, you know, the, the reality is they, they're serving in some ways different purposes. And, and I think we, we have to be willing to, to accept that a little bit. But then if that's the case, there still has to be some sort of connection to the other side, right? And that's the, that's the role that we hope to play. Um, uh, you know, last year we started just under a thousand careers and, and what we talk about every day is, is you know, how do we how do we get to 2,000, 5,000, 10,000? Because students need that support. They need that that ability to connect into the world of work. And employers need an ability to tap into great talent because the secret behind great companies is great people. It, it, it always is, you know, it always has been and always will be. And, um, you know, we really work diligently every day to try and make that connection happen. Um, but the, you know, the, the, the two sides don't, you know, as I mentioned before, the two sides don't really connect uh, and, and in a lot of ways, aren't speaking the same language. So, so that that translation component is is really important. Well, there's nothing more daunting, I think, than that last feeling where you don't know where to go next, or you don't know um, how to begin preparing for your next phase. And I, I'd like to bring the conversation back to you now. I, you've done um, really well, c- having come out. Uh, at the end of the Great Recession, come out of college and facing that daunted market. And um, you've found your way and you're doing something productive and creative now. Have there been people along the way who've given you great advice? And is there some advice that was helpful for you that you could share with our listeners? Absolutely. I mean, um, there's been no shortage of uh, of great advice along the way. And And I think, you know, anyone that has accomplished anything, it's often because you know, there's been a lot of hard work and, and effort, but, but it's also because people have opened doors. And I'm certainly an example of, of many people over the course of years, uh, you know, opening doors that, that I had a chance to run through. But, um, you know, in terms of advice, one of the, um, the, the best uh, bits of advice I, I've gotten from people is, um, is to do something, you know, periodically, maybe once a quarter or twice a year or something like that, that just that just terrifies you, uh, um, you know, professionally. Do something that that you uh, you think there's a high likelihood that you might fail at, but offer to do it, do it willingly, and engage in it, kind of with this level of acceptance that you may very well fail, because doing those kinds of things, taking challenges, taking risks, I mean, that's where you're going to learn. 
Um, that's where you're going to figure out who you really are, what you're really made of. And you'll also start to get a different perspective. I remember when I was uh, at Manpower Group and I, I decided to, to accept a role where I was going to be moving into sort of a general management capacity, leaving the corporate uh, the, the, the corporate headquarters and, and moving out to a field operation and taking over a business that, w- that wasn't performing. The number of people that looked at me like I was crazy, <laughs> it was just, it was, uh, it was baffling. Um, but what I was doing was really trying to, to take a look at, you know, what did I not know how to do, right? What hadn't I done yet? What hadn't I proven yet? And, and what perspective had I not understood yet? And I think um, if I do one thing, uh, you know, every day or every week in my career, it's, it's, it's trying to think about, you know, what is the perspective that I don't have? You know, what's the viewpoint? What's the angle I can't see? And how do I, how do I work to, to be able to understand that angle? And I think doing things that, that, that are scary, right? Doing things that, and by scary, I mean things that you don't understand or that you're not certain you can do every day. Um, the more comfortable we get, the more complacent we get, and the more bored we get, right? So I think trying to do things that kind of stoke your imagination and your, cre- you know, the creative juices, um, and, and doing some of those things that, you know, again, that, that just uh, you're putting yourself out there and, and trying things and taking some risks. That's really where growth happens. And um, it's, it's through pain. Right. And, and so I, I encourage people to, uh, to take some risks and to try some things that scare them. I think that's great final advice. It's um, that's how you grow. And um, that's also how you learn to uh, bounce back if it doesn't work out and you just keep going. Um, you've learned even more sometimes. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us today, Scott. This has been terrific, and uh, I think there is some encouraging news uh, for uh, college grads out there and for other people who are looking for transitions, and uh, maybe what we're going to see down the road is is a better marketplace than we have in past years. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for for uh, for having me. I, I enjoyed the conversation and uh, look forward to catching up again at some point soon. Today, we've been talking with Scott Detman, CEO of Avenica, about matching college grads with good jobs. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your host, Bev Jones, author of Think Like an Entrepreneur, Act Like a CEO. Today's career tip is that sometimes the best thing you can do is to try something scary. If you challenge yourself to try new things, to learn new things, you'll grow and you'll put yourself in a better position to build your career. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll come back soon for more good talk about building a rewarding and resilient career.